Recorded at the Running Edge Studio, you're listening to Venture Tabernacle. It's like venture capital, except that the investment is made in your soul. This is where America hangs out to talk about anything and everything from a biblical perspective. I'm your host, Ty Hervey. Join me as we learn to view the world through the objective lens of the Bible. That's right, everybody. We are back for another episode of the Sunday Sermon on the Venture Tabernacle podcast. We are so glad you are joining us. If this is your first time tuning in, we are on a journey through the gospel according to Mark as we look at each verse by verse and story by story. Last episode, we saw the beginning of Jesus' ministry as he taught in the synagogue and cast out demons. And if you missed it, you can always go back and watch last week's episode. And what we learned from that is that Jesus has authority from heaven, unlike anyone who ever walked the face of this planet, and that we should focus on the message of his words rather than the miracles he brings. Today, we're going to take a look at what happens next as Jesus heals many people. So let's jump right into our text for the day, which is going to be Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 39. And what we see here, what we're reading is what happens right after Jesus was in the synagogue teaching and casting out a demon. And we see two more great stories of what Jesus is like that gives us a glimpse into who he is. So we'll start reading in verse 29. It says, And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In verse 35, we go on, it says, And rising very early in the morning while while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go up to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And so we see the humanity of Jesus in that he just got done doing some pretty amazing ministry and casting a demon out of a person And he's tired. And so where does he go? What does he do? He goes to his newly called disciples' house to rest. And while he's there, we see him heal Peter's mother-in-law immediately, it says. Now, this is a theme that we've already seen several times in the gospel, according to Mark. And we're going to see it again and again throughout the book, where Mark places an emphasis on the immediate action of the life of Jesus. And in this moment, Jesus, what he does is he displays his compassion. See, he was there to rest, to get away from the crowds, from the work of doing ministry. Yet when the need presented itself, he stepped up to the occasion. And he reaches out his hand and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. He picked her up and he set her back on her feet. Maybe he's done that for you too. I sure know he has for me. 
Now, an interesting side note here that's kind of incidental to our passage is that we can see here that Peter was married. And the question is, how do we know this? Well, we use the power of deductive reasoning. You don't have a mother-in-law if you're not married. And so there's a lot of religious people in our day that would say that you have to stay single to serve God. But the Bible actually does not teach that. You see, Peter, the rock on whom Jesus built his church, was a married man. But as we jump back into the story, we see another important application is that when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, we see what her response was. And that response was that she began to serve them. Now, let me tell you, this is so important. You need to hear this out of this story, is that when Jesus saves you, it is not just for you to sit and enjoy it. Though that is certainly part of the joy and gift of salvation, really, it is so that you can spread that gift that has been given to you throughout the entire world. And I'll tell you, I'm not just saying this either. We see this calling laid out very clearly in Galatians 5.13. It says this, I'll read it to you in 5.13. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Remember, I'm not talking here about my opinions. That's not what this podcast is about. I'm simply here to present the truth of the Bible and help you learn to view the world through that objective lens of truth. And what we see here is a pattern that is present all throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that our freedom is not for ourselves. It is for others. And you're missing the point if you think that this Christianity thing is all about you. And just as Peter's mother-in-law served once she was healed, so should all believers. That's you and I if you're a Christian. And what we see as the story continues in verse 32 is that Jesus again heals all who came to him. At the end of the day, when everyone else would have said, hey, come back tomorrow. I've had a long day. I've done a lot of work. We'll deal with this at another time. What actually happened is that Jesus is healing and he's casting out demons because he genuinely cares for the people. His compassion is on full display as he didn't have to do this. He left the crowd to rest, yet when they followed him, he steps back into ministry and he says, I am going to give you what you're asking for. And that is the account that we see of Jesus healing the many. And in verse 35, what we see is kind of a transition to another principle that Jesus lived by. It's a separate story in the grand narrative of Mark's gospel, but it is connected to this one directly because it follows and it is logically preceding the ministry Jesus did. And that principle in verse 35 we see is that Jesus spent time alone in prayer with God the Father. It says that Jesus rose up early in the morning, well before daylight, to go pray. And this wasn't a one-time deal. Actually, Jesus' life was one that followed a consistent pattern of prioritizing prayer. And we're going to see this happen over and over as we go through this series, is that his actions tell us that prayer is an important part of the walk of a Christian. You see, if the God of the universe thought that it was important to pray, to take time to be alone with the Father, how much more important do you think that is for us? You see, Jesus has been a part of the Trinity for all eternity since before time existed, 
in complete and perfect unity with the God the Father, and yet he takes time out of his life to pray and to commune with him. Prayer is important. And I want to teach you something that if you apply it, will change your life. You see, as you read your Bible every day, and, and I hope you do, if you don't, you should start, start that action with a prayer. You see, if you will devote just 30 minutes every day of your life to reading the Bible and learning from God, I promise you it will change everything in your life. And you can have a money-back guarantee on that because the Bible says that God's Word will not return void. So when you read it, it's doing something whether you realize it or not. And I'll tell you, if you want to take that to the next level, I would encourage you to pray before you read your Bible, to sit down and take a few minutes to ask God to show you what he wants you to see, to teach you what he wants you to learn, and to change your heart to be more like his. And if you do that, God will answer that prayer. In John 14, 14, Jesus says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And what he means by that is anything that's in his will. And I can promise you one thing is that God's will is for you to learn to be more like him. Scripture teaches that clearly. And I try not to make a lot of promises all the time. But when scripture lays something out very obviously that God desires that you would know him and that you would be known by him, you can have confidence when you pray that God would reveal himself to you that he is going to do just that. And what we see in our text today is that Jesus was a man of prayer, and we as Christians should be people of prayer as well. And actually, we see as the story goes on, when Jesus was done praying, the disciples found him, and he stays true to his purpose here on earth. He goes on preaching and healing all throughout Galilee, it says. And the disciples, when they found him, said something very important that I don't want us to overlook here. They said to Jesus when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now, this is important because it teaches us another principle. You see, the Bible says in James 4, 8, that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. The people of that day were looking for Jesus. And what did he do? What was his response? He went to them to heal them, to offer his presence and his grace and his mercy. The people were looking for Jesus. Can you say the same for your life? And so we see here as we wrap up the healing of many in one part of this story and the prayer life of Jesus as presented by Mark. Now, we've covered a lot of verses in this episode of the Sunday Sermon. So what I want to do is something a little different. I want to recap and see if you are paying attention. So if you've just been halfway listening to this podcast while you're driving or cleaning or doing something like that, you need to perk up because it's time for a quiz. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, give you a couple seconds to think about it, see if you can come up with the answer on your own. I promise you they're not hard. I'm not trying to stump you. It's not trick questions. Well, maybe they are, but we'll see. But the first question is that, what did Peter's mother-in-law do when she was healed? This is what we talked about at the very beginning when Jesus went to the, to the house to rest. All right, time's up. The answer is that she served the people in that household. And it tells us that our freedom is not for ourselves. When Jesus presented her with a miracle in her life, she used it to serve others and in proxy serve the Lord himself. The second question I have for you is, what did Jesus do the next morning after he finished healing the multitudes? 
All right, time's up. It says that he went alone to pray. And what this does is it shows us and reminds us the importance of prayer in our lives, that if the God of the universe, the one who created everything we see and interact with, took time out of his life to communicate with God the Father, that we need to follow that example in our lives. And the last question I have for you is, as the story finished up, who was it that was looking for Jesus? You have your answer? Well, this one actually is kind of a trick question because you could have said disciples because they went and found Jesus. But what I'm really getting at here is what they said when they found Jesus, and that is that everyone is looking for you. I want to remind you that James 4, 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We know from the truth of Scripture that if you truly seek God, you will find him. And what a blessed hope that is for us, that the God of the universe has chosen to reveal himself through the scriptures and through our daily walks with him. And that marks the end of this episode of the Sunday Sermon on Venture Tabernacle. If you got value out of this episode, I'm asking that you would share this episode link with somebody, post it on your social media. If you're listening on a platform where you can leave a review, leave an honest review. If it's not five stars, let me know. Tell me in that review how we can improve this podcast because I want this podcast to serve you, the listener. I'm not just here to talk to a microphone, although if you know me in person, you know that's a pretty easy thing for me to do. But what I really want to do with this podcast is teach you how to view the world through the objective lens of the Bible. Right now, that's through the Sunday Sermon Series as we look at the gospel according to Mark, verse by verse and story by story. We'll be back here same time next week with another continuation on the story of Jesus as presented by Mark. Until then, stay safe, be blessed. We're praying for you. Mm -hmm.